Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. We have a full house today. So excited. Everybody's jumping in the new year. And uh, just wanted to let you know there is an 8 o'clock service and 11.15 with plenty of space. <laughs> Looks like you guys are just having to squeeze in this morning, which is, which is totally awesome. Uh, welcome to the river. If you're watching online, I hope you're going to join us on our time of prayer and fasting the next 14 days that we have left. If you're here for the first time this week, We are doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. We started last week, but it's not too late to jump in. You can jump in starting today and do the last 14 days with us. Uh, We've got a devotional that goes along with it. I hope it's been a good journey for you. I do need to let you know, okay? I told you, and some people just don't listen. You gotta read the fasting information, and if you're on medication, talk to your doctors, right? Make sure it's okay if you want to do a liquid fast to do a liquid fast. Somebody didn't take that advice this week. Had to call the ambulance, uh, the blood sugar, some kind of hypoglycemic reaction to their medication. Worst part, it was even somebody on our staff. Can you believe that? Worst among that, it was me. (laughs) Yes, yes, I thought it wouldn't make a big difference, but... I, uh, I was all, already taught now that uh, I can stay on a liquid fast for the next two weeks. I just have to eat potato soup for my carbs, for my medication, and I worked a deal. I was able to drop one medication for a couple weeks since I'm doing a liquid fast, and I also get to eat dessert now. It's called humble pie. So... Uh, <laughs> So that was, that was my week of prayer and fasting. I hope you uh, had a little bit better. Uh, but uh, for all of us that are fasting something, everybody I talk to is, is pretty excited, uh, whether they're fasting food or technology or social media. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thanks to everybody. I went to the, to the Kroger after services last week. And I went straight to the smoothie aisle to get me a bunch of, you know, those little smoothies to take with me. And while I was there, I bumped into somebody from Life Church, and, and they said, hey, I just saw you on the screen with the fasting thing. And I was like, yeah. And so we stopped, and we had church right there, and he shared with me what to pray for his breakthrough. And so I prayed over him. And, and then as I was walking out of there, uh, one of the moms with her two kids from the river, I bumped into her. And She's like, hey, I just want you to know what we're fasting. And she shared with me that how her 9 and 11-year-old, they're fasting. And she was teaching them about fasting. She said she did try to get them to fast Netflix, and that was a no-go. But they did fast a couple of things that, that they're learning how to focus on God during this time. And I thought that is awesome that they're getting to learn at such a young age. I didn't learn about fasting until I was probably in my mid-20s. And so I was so excited for that family and for what they're walking in in their faith. So if you haven't started, if this is your first Sunday back, I want to challenge you, the same thing I challenged last week, you can go back and listen to the sermon, but to, to pray and fast something for the next 14 days that will allow you to focus more on God. 
I talked to somebody just before the service, and, and they're like, man, this is like first time in years that I fasted, and, and they're fasting meat. And I was like, man, that is awesome. So proud of you to, to be able to focus in on the Lord. So keep going with us. Do not grow weary and give up, for in due time we will reap a harvest. Uh, we Literally a harvest. I, I, are y'all imagining dad jokes? I like threw that one out there. My kids disappointed me. They didn't even chuckle. All right, all right, all right. So 1945, how many of you have ever heard of a man by the name of Percy Spencer? Anybody heard of Percy Spencer? Percy Spencer worked for a company named Raytheon. They're using some technology to uh, in the war industry to try to prepare some weapons and that type of thing. And, and as they were testing one of their new creations, he had a peanut butter bar in his pocket. And while they were testing this new experience, the peanut butter bar melt. And he thought, hmm, I wonder if there's more purposes for this than just what we're doing. So then he tried it with an egg and it exploded. Hopefully it wasn't in his pocket. Uh, and then he went to popcorn, and it began to pop. And then he decided it was time to get a patent. Anybody know what I'm talking about yet? Yep. In the 1950s, the microwave began to be used in the restaurant industry. And then in the 1967, a man came out and said their goal, of course, is to have one in every home. Today, 90% of homes have a microwave. And most people think it cooks from the outside in, uh, I mean, the inside out, but it doesn't. It co cooks from the outside in. That's why if you try cooking bacon, it's floppy and yuck. Amen? Bacon is meant to be cooked on top of a stove, a skillet, just saying. But if you use the microwave, it cooks from the outside in. And what it does, it takes water molecules and it moves them around to, to cause a chain reaction in the whole food it's working in. And so we're doing a series called Chain Reaction and talking about how things we do every day, simple things we do every day, habits and lifestyle decisions, how they affect in a chain reaction every part of our lives. And the last week we talked about fasting and prayer and how it could be a, a catalyst for this chain reaction. And that's what we challenged everybody to do. And then we gave you 21 days of devotionals that you could do together. I've enjoyed doing the devotionals with my family, uh, doing the family devotionals. You may be doing them by yourself, but we challenge everybody in 21 days to focus in on God, okay? And then this week, we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about having a daily time with God to eat God's word. God's uh, word is the bread that we can eat on daily. It's the word that we can study. It's the message that gives us understanding and hope of God's love, God's truth, God's plan for you and I on an everyday basis. But we gotta get it inside of us. It needs to change us from the inside out. It needs to recharge our hearts and our minds so that we can take that good news and share it and live it every day. So we got a good example of that. His name was Ezra. If you got your Bibles, uh, it's in the Old Testament, Ezra chapter seven. 
Ezra chapter 7, verses 6 through 10. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which there's a copy of that under the chair in front of you if you want to read it from there, or it'll be on the screen as well. Uh, Ezra chapter 7, verses 6 through 10, says this. This Ezra was a scribe who was well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given to the people of Israel. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon, and the king gave him everything he asked for because the gracious hand of the Lord, his God, was upon him. Some of the people of Israel, as well as some of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple servants, traveled up to Jerusalem with him in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes' reign. Ezra arrived in August of that year. He had managed to leave Babylon on April 8th, the first day of the new year, and he arrived at Jerusalem on August 4th, for the gracious hand of the Lord was on him. This was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees, regulations to the people of Israel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite him to speak to our hearts. Lord, I, for one, am so thankful that your word is available to each one of us in this room today. God, I'm thankful that you give it to us on print so that we can read it, study it, and obey it. But Lord, we, uh, we as people, we struggle to put it as the priority that it needs to be. And because of that, God, a lot of times our decisions aren't based on your wisdom, but ours. So I pray, I'm asking right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us in this room, Lord, and light a fire in us, a desire, a hunger to know your word, your wisdom, so that we can walk it out on a daily basis. I pray that your spirit will refresh us and ignite us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have your listening guide, go ahead and pull that out. Uh, to start with, we're going to look at Ezra, and it's interesting, with Ezra in verse 6, it says he was well-versed in the law of Moses. Now, at the time of Ezra, the law of Moses, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, would have been the primary uh, foundation for the Jewish teachings, okay? And it was not uncommon, if you went to the Jewish school, for them to actually memorize word for word all five books. Ezra was a leader, a teacher, a student, and a follower of the book of Moses, these teachings that they had. He followed it and he lived it out. It says he was well-versed in that. And then he says, they say three things about him, that he studied, he obeyed, and he taught the word of God. And his testimony, his life, influenced all of Israel at that time. It was a time when the exiles were allowed to return from Babylon to Israel, and as they returned, Ezra's goal was to build the people's foundation on the Word of God. Okay, now, some of you in this room, you've read the Word of God. You've read it year after year. You know it. You think you know it. And I say, way to go. Keep going. Because I've been a Christian for over 30 years now. I read it 
And it's amazing how I can read the same passage every year and it jumps out at me in a different way. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he says that the Spirit of God comes within you and that Spirit will give you insight into his word. It will teach you, it will equip you. That The word of God will begin to direct you with wisdom to help you be wiser and not make the stupid decisions we tend to make when we act in the flesh, okay? So the first thing is that God invites us to study his word. Now, when we talk about the word study, 2 Timothy 2.15, uh, I memorized most of my verses as a new Christian in King James. If you don't have a King James Bible, I encourage you to get one because it's fun to read the, the King James and memorize the scripture verse from the King James. That, that old English, it just sticks in my head. The these and the thous, because I don't use them on a regular basis, it sticks in my head. So a lot of the Bible verses I have memorized are from the King James. And then as I got a little older, I had the New International Version. So I memorized a lot from the New International Version. And now we use the New Living Translation. It's a great translation. I love the New Living. Uh, but it's, it's written in modern day language. And so honestly, it's, it's a little harder for me to memorize. I love to read from it. But when I do memory, I usually go to King James or a New International. So you can memorize and use what you want. I'm just gonna encourage you to study. I have a joke in River 101, which by the way, if you've not had River 101, we're kicking off a new class this Wednesday. If you wanna understand how to study, we take a whole session and I go through how to dig into the word, how to understand the context of what the book is, how to, how to look at all the different translations, go through all that teaching. And so if you've never been through River 101, it starts this Wednesday. I wanna challenge you to jump in there, okay? It's a great place to get started and to dig in deeper and understand better how to, how to study the Word of God. But context is important. How did the writer mean it? What were they saying? So Ezra was a great studier, a great follower, and a great teacher of the Word, and we can be too. 2 Timothy 2.15 as I memorized, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word study is the key word for me. Now, the New Living Translation says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So whether you're studying it or you're working to handle it correctly, it's the same thing. You're studying it, you're trying to learn how to handle it correctly, right? The goal is that you master, you become a master craftsman with the word of God, being able to understand what it means and how it applies to your life. Either way, it's an amazing book and we can grow in our parenting, in our marriage, in our character as we lean into it and let it shape our lives. Now, the Bible's the number one bestseller of all times. If you're here today and this is all brand new to you, as it was for me when I was a young man, let me say to you, the Bible's the number one bestseller of all times. And even though it's been banned in nations, it's been burnt, it is the truth that can supernaturally show you the love of God and transform your heart so that you are changed from the inside out. 
And so if you've never read it, I give you the challenge that this year you choose to study the Word of God. Read through the whole thing. You know why our nation is just changing so quickly and, and doesn't know the difference in so many realms between male and female and marriage and, and godly marriage and all that stuff? It's because we, we're not reading the Word. The Bible is clear. It teaches clearly on so many issues. And yet we're not reading, we're not learning, we're not studying, seeking that wisdom. So I wanna challenge you to study the word of God. R.C. Sproul, a, a longtime preacher, I think he nailed the reason we don't study today. Uh, he said, we fail in our duty to study God's word, not so much because it's difficult to understand, not so much because it is boring or stale, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem is that we are lazy. Ouch. I can relate. If I don't start my day with God reading the word, if I don't put it as the first thing in my day, I can push it off all day long, all day long. I can, I can go to work. I, I can do ministry without spending time with Jesus. Do you know that? I've been doing ministry long enough that I can write a sermon without spending time with Jesus if I'm not careful. I can preach without spending time with Jesus. I can lead my family without spending time with Jesus, but it won't be the same. When I spend time with Jesus, reading his word, praying, that's what gives me the overflow to pour into others. And I just challenge you to, to accept the challenge this year to study the word. And if you're not, let me tell you, it is the easiest thing it's ever been. Uh, everybody got a cell phone today? Pull out your cell phone, okay? We're gonna put a QR code on the screen. If you don't have the River app yet, and I had somebody say, hey, not everybody knows how to do this. So take your phone and put it on camera. Go to the app. If you're online, you can do the same thing. Go to the River app. So you'll, you'll go to your camera. When it clicks, click that button. It will send you to the River app. If you go to the River app, it'll look like this over here to my right. There'll be 21 days of prayer and fasting. You can pull the devotionals down. And we've added a link to the Bible, the YouVersion Bible. So now you can go straight to the YouVersion Bible and you can pick a plan of what you want to study. Everything from relationships to marriage to Bible verses on faith, discouragement, depression. You can go and you can pick your Bible reading plan for where you're at. How awesome is that? Now, last year we went from Genesis to Revelation together and I loved it, but I have to tell you, by the end, only having about two and a half weeks of Jesus, I was like, that's not enough. So this year, I'm doing the New Testament in a year. And what's awesome, it'll send you an email reminder. You can check that little box and go, ha-ha, I knocked it off today. It'll do all that for you. So it's never been easier to read and study the Bible than it is today but will we do it? Because it's a lot like work. You have to show up and you have to, to do something that is a discipline. But if you do, 
it will shape your thoughts and your actions in a way that will glorify God. Now, also when it comes to studying the Word of God, I want to challenge you to memorize some verses this year. For some of you, that, that's a challenge. I hear it. I have people tell me all the time, I can't memorize anything, Pastor. And then I'll ask them the players on their fantasy football team, and wow, how quickly they spout them out, right? Whatever it is you're passionate about, you can memorize something about that. Am I right? Okay, so shift your passion to the Word of God. Do the work, and I wanna challenge you. I've got 10 verses. These are just 10 verses that can apply. They're at the bottom of your listening guide there. These are 10 verses of, of that I have memorized of others that have so much of a practical experience because guess what? You don't always have your Bible with you. I know you've got your phone, you can pull it up, but sometimes it's just really awkward to say, let me think of a verse here to help you today. So when I'm in the produce section and the smoothie section last Sunday and the fellow sharing with me what he's praying for, I didn't have to pull my Bible app out and go, let me see if I can find a Bible verse to help pray for that. I had one memorized in my head that the Lord brought back to my mind that I could share, right? So it's kind of like uh, Wednesday. Wednesday was the time that I just told you about when literally we had to call 911 here. Uh, I, I got to have humble pie because all my all our teams around me is they're like putting these EKG machines on me and I'm... It was really awkward, to say the least. And I kept going, Is anybody, can somebody go try to find my nitro? My nitro is what they gave me after my heart attack. You stick it under your tongue. It's supposed to help. It's supposed to be in my backpack. But I just went on vacation and had taken it out of my backpack and had put it in my, my overnight case and forgotten to put it back in my backpack. So people are running up here and, and looking for extra nitro. I didn't have any on me. And it didn't do me any good to have it available if it's not available, right? So now I've got it on my keychain where I've got it with me at all times so that if I ever need it, here it is. And now y'all know. So if I pass out on stage, somebody come grab my nitro, right? Okay? Uh, it's okay to laugh. It was funny the next day. Okay? Okay. So it's the same thing with the Word of God. Oftentimes, when you need the Word of God, you don't have a chance to grab a Bible and open it up. If you will memorize one verse a month, at the end of this year, you'll have 12 verses. And that'll be 12 more than you had last year. If you memorized one a week, which let me just say is very doable if you go over it every day. If you do one a week, at the end of the year, you'll have 52 verses memorized. I would guess that there are very few people that have 52 verses memorized in this room. You could be one next year that goes, man, I got 52. Not so that you can brag on who you are, you can learn from God on who he is. And the Holy Spirit will bring those verses to you in those moments, okay? So there's 10 verses at the bottom. Those are just 10 that... I use all the time, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. I use for provision, Ephesians 3, 20 for power, Philippians 4, 13 for perseverance, John 3, 16 for salvation. Start with that one. If you have not yet memorized John 3, 16, 
It's okay, but start with that one. First uh, John 1, 9, forgiveness. I use that one all the time with people. Matthew 7, 12, you actually know that one. You learned that in first and second grade. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Have you memorized that one? Let me see a show of hands, right? But the problem is they can't tell you Jesus said that, so it doesn't tell you who said that verse. They can tell you what Ben Franklin quoted, right? It'll have Ben Franklin's name at the end, but for some reason, you can't give credit to Jesus for the golden rule, uh, which cracks me up because if people don't believe in Jesus, why are they offended by his name? When we, I'm not offended by using Ben Franklin's name for a quote. I'm not offended by using Muhammad's name for a quote if he said it, right? Why are we offended? Because the name of Jesus has power. The name of Jesus changes our hearts. Okay, uh, priorities, Matthew 22, 37 to 40. You say, well, Steve, that's... That's four verses. Well, yeah, that way you can learn more than 12 in a year. I'll push you over the edge a little bit. And those are the ones we say all the time. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it to it, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two. Victory over sin, Galatians 5, 16. Walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, I use that one when I'm tempted. If I can get that verse quoted, it's amazing how I have victory over my sin. Work. There's a verse for work there, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord, not unto men. And then uh, Genesis 50.20, this is one of my favorite. I, I do paraphrase this one. Uh, the NLT says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I use that one all the time to say, listen, what Satan means for evil, God can use for good. And it changes my thought patterns in the midst of difficulty and problems, when I realized, you know what, this is a problem, but God knows about it, so he might be giving me this problem because as I solve it, it may have such positive ramifications spiritually, maybe not just for me, but maybe my whole family and friends because maybe everybody else is struggling with that problem, and as I walk through it, I can be an encourager to those in it. Make sense? Okay. So those are just 10 verses to start with. Second thing that Ezra did, it says that he obeyed God's word. And so secondly, God calls us to obey his word. Now, Matthew 7 puts it pretty strongly and helps us understand what he's talking about obedience. Matthew 7, 21 says this and following. Not everyone, Jesus said, who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So who are these people? These are people who are using the word of God and the message of God for their own personal benefit and fame. And that's the scary thing when I see people doing that. I'm like, I do not want any part of that. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Why does he say that? Because their heart was never surrendered to God. It was all about them. Were they doing stuff that looked like it was for God? Yes. Listen, you can fake it till you make it in this church. 
right? You can come here, serve on some capacity and tell everybody you follow Jesus and you can be faking it the whole time. We see it all the time. How many of you know people, let's just be, let's be blunt. How many of you know people that they know more Bible than you do, but they are mean as a snake, right? I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You know people that, man, they can quote a Bible verse, but man, they are the biggest hypocrites you ever met. Because they've studied and they know, but they're not obeying the word of God. They got it up here, but it hasn't worked from the inside out in here. That's what God's word wants to do. And then he goes on, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the home, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Listen, what is Jesus saying? Preachers will go to hell. Miracle workers will go to hell. People that profess and preach from the Bible will go to hell because they didn't obey the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, beware of the legalism where you are always trying to go, am I doing enough? We can't do enough. The gift of salvation, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, another good verse to memorize, for by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so no man can boast. You see, we're saved on God's activity. We're saved by Christ's gift on the cross. That's where our salvation comes from. But if we think we're saved because we deserve it, we think that we can earn it, that's where we're mistaken. It's a gift that he has given. And so if you'll build your house upon this rock, which means obeying the word of God. Now, the teachings of Jesus are not easy. They're not. Matter of fact, if you want easier, just go to the 10 commandments. I have people say to me, hey, what about the 10 commandments? Do we still obey those? I was like, are you kidding? If you read what Jesus taught, it's so much more than the 10 commandments. 10 commandments said, do not commit adultery. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's a little extreme, Jesus, right? The 10 commandments uh, talk about that adultery and, and Jesus said the only reason for divorce is adultery. And when he said that, you know what his disciples said? Did they go, that's good teaching, Jesus. Good job, I like that. No, they go like, oh, that's too hard. The only reason we can get divorced is adultery because the Pharisees and Sadducees, the Jewish leaders, had basically said, as long as you give your wife a writing of divorcement and you do it properly, you can divorce her if she burns your toast. And when they asked Jesus, he said, no, just for adultery. And the disciples are like, oh, you're this, this is too hard. 
The teachings of Jesus are much more than a list of dudes. They're a change from the inside out. Listen, you can't microwave your faith. It doesn't work. We're not supposed to grow from the outside in. The Holy Spirit comes in and grows us from the inside out. And it takes obedience. And when I read stuff in the Word and it tells me to obey, wow, that's really hard. But as one person said, you may be the only Bible anybody else ever reads. You heard that before? You may be the only Bible that some people ever read. I did not grow up in a Christian family. And so I remember one day when I got saved, I wanted my mom and dad to come to know Jesus. And I went to my mom and I said, Mom, I want you to come to know Jesus. And I told her everything and and she was sweet enough to listen to me as a teenager. And, and then she said, Steve, she said, why do I need Jesus? I said, well, Mom, you need Jesus to forgive your sins and make you clean. And she said, no, you don't understand what I'm asking. She said, I have Christian friends. And she said, I go to the club, and we go to the club together. And she said, I'm the designated designated driver. I'm driving them home drunk. She said, I don't need alcohol to be happy. If they do, then why am I supposed to get what they have? I don't need it. How do you argue with that? Well, the way, same way I do today. As listen, none of us are perfect and what they're doing is not right. But that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is the one that rescues us. He's the one, because all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, all of us need that grace. But brothers and sisters in Christ, can I please implore you to realize how important it is for you to walk out your faith each day at work. If you don't think people are watching you, you are crazy. The phrases that you use, the memes that you send out, the coarse joking that you use, the language that you speak, the way you treat your spouse, the way you live your life, it all needs to fall under obedience to God's word. And when we mess up, we fess up. Listen, I've had to fess up in front of unchurched people so many times and lost people, and it's so embarrassing when the preacher is the one that goes to the college professor and says, I cheated on my test. And I had to do that as a freshman in college and thought I might get expelled. I did fail that test. But the Holy Spirit brought so much conviction on my heart that I couldn't go forward and look that professor in the eye after being given a take-home test and signing it saying I got no help from anybody else. I could not look that professor in the eye without the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying you're a liar. And you, if you're a follower of Christ, you know what it is when you're living a life that's a lie before God. 
You know when you're disobeying God. It breaks your heart, but if you keep doing it long enough, you'll begin to ignore it, and that voice of the Holy Spirit will get fainter and fainter. These next two weeks, I implore you while you're fasting, ask God, is there any area of your life that you are not in obedience to him? If you need to talk with somebody, come, talk to us. Get wisdom, get discernment. If you're on a different page as husbands and wives, that's not uncommon. Come and let's get some spiritual counseling. Let's talk through it. It's not all black and white. There's a lot of gray in there. There really is. And sometimes we need a third party, and that's the third thing. Ezra chose to teach others, and we need to teach others. God wants us to teach others. We can teach others the truths that we have learned. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong in the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We see here four different steps, four different individuals included in this. You see the, the apostles who taught Paul. He said, those that, I, that taught me, those he learned from, then you see the apostle Paul, who's writing to Timothy, his young disciple, and telling Timothy, Timothy, you go tell somebody. You disciple somebody. You give them the truth that, that you can share with them. You share that with them. And that's what I'd say to you today. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have something that God's done in your life that you can help other people with. And you need to be a river and not a lake. You need to let that river flow through you and pour into others the hope of Jesus that he has put in you. The struggles that you've overcome through the power of God, you need to let people know. I had somebody who was a new Christian said, how do I, how do I learn what I've never heard all my life? How do I learn the, the stories of the Bible and, and the Bible? And I gave him the advice, why don't you teach, or excuse me, be the assistant in a children's class. Just go love on kids as a new Christian, and as you're learning these stories, the Lord will show you, not just from his word, but also through the eyes of children. And they did that, and they came back, and they're like, this has been so good for me. They're a new Christian, but they could teach children that had never heard the gospel before. As they heard it, they could teach it. They could live it. Listen, everybody in here has somebody you can pour into. Maybe it's a coworker that's a new Christian or hadn't yet come to know Christ. Would you ask them if they'd like to study with you? You could do your daily devotional with them. One day a week, helping them grow. You know what it'll also do for you? It'll make sure you're obeying the word of God at work because then you really know that they're watching you. And as you're trying to teach them about what it means to be a Christian, I remember teaching a guy, oh, this was a painful one. Okay, I may step on some toes here. I was leading a youth conference one time when I was in college, teaching these kids, and one of the individuals came to me and said, uh, Steve, how is it that you can teach us about 
obeying the word of God and you have a device in your car that's strictly designed to teach and provide a way for you to break the law called a fuzz buster. What, 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 well, you know, I'm just trying to get there quickly so I can serve the Lord more. <laughs> I literally told the guy that. I look back on that excuse, I was like, man, you, man, you double sin there, buddy. And the Lord convicted, I, I wrestled with that. Now listen, if you always drive the speed limit and you're just trying to avoid that speed trap, you know, hey, I'm not throwing stones. I'm just telling you, will you pray about it? Will you ask God? Is it a testimony? I, I struggle, there's areas and I want over the next two weeks to hear the voice of God in my life and give me clarity. Will you pray with me on obeying and teaching others the word of God? I believe we all have something to offer. Okay, if you got your listening guide, I wanna, I wanna do something that we haven't done in probably a couple of years. I want everybody to pull out the, li- the, the little river card that Buddy talked about at the beginning of the service, the, the communication card. Okay, and I want to challenge you for 2023, if we don't have your information or if it's changed, give us your new information on that card, and then I want you to write A, B, C, or D for the invitation today. The invitation today, I'm not, I'm not inviting you to come forward. I'm inviting you to make the decision in your seat, okay? And A, is that you will make a commitment in 2023 to study the Word of God on a daily basis. Now, if you miss a day, don't feel like a failure. There's days I miss. I don't want you to get legalistic about this, please. But if you'll make a commitment to study the Word of God in 2023, write the letter A. Letter B, if you'll make a commitment to obey the Word of God, the next 14 days was whatever he calls out in your life. Sexual immorality, greed, envy, whatever he calls out. If you'll make the commitment that you will submit that to God and follow, put the letter B, okay? So you may have an A and a B now. If you'll make the commitment in 2023 to find someone or a place in the church or a place in another ministry that you will teach what you know about the Word of God. Maybe you've been on the sidelines. Maybe you've retired, quote, unquote, from teaching God's Word. I want to challenge you. There ain't no retirement from God's Word. It may be redirected. Maybe you used to teach Sunday school and you just let yourself off the hook because we don't have Sunday school. We have life groups. We're always looking for leaders. If you will be willing to teach that, write the letter C on there. And then we'll leave it up to you to follow up on that. We're not gonna call you and say, oh, you said teach, you're now recruited, you're stuck. Not gonna do that. This is... And then the letter D is all the above. Which I guess if you put A, B, and C, you don't have to put D, but you know. Hey, who, wants, who doesn't wanna put all the above, right? That was always my favorite answer on a test, all the above. Okay, and then I want everybody, if you would, we're gonna, there's baskets at the doors, and when you leave today, I want you to drop it in. If you don't want me to know who you are, that's fine. I wanna get a, I wanna get a vibe. We wanna get a vibe today of, 
are we really gonna do this? I mean, if we just get 100 cards and, or 500 cards and I'm like, okay, nobody even marked A, then why are we, why are we fasting and praying? But I don't want you to do anything that you're not willing to do. I'd rather you be honest and say, I'll do letter B and that's it and do it, okay? That's, that's spiritual growth when we're growing, right? So put down A, B, C, or D, and when you leave today, you can drop it in the baskets as you leave. Now, we do have people that will be in the prayer room. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and ask God that he will help each one of us follow through on our commitments in 2023. I'm gonna ask God to give us the fortitude to persevere. But if you would like to talk with somebody, maybe you're here today and you've heard about this word of God, but you got a lot of questions and you're thinking you wanna know more. Listen, we have a prayer room back here. I'd love to talk with you. We have the connections. We have pastors at the connections pastor, uh, at the connections booth. We'd love to help you discover that, okay? But right now, I'm gonna pray and then Buddy's gonna close us out. He's gonna invite you to join River 101 and what other midweek Bible studies we had. That's a great way to study and as well as midweek. He's gonna tell you about that. Dear Lord, I just wanna come before you right now. Lord, I love these people. God, they're awesome. You created some awesome people in Cookville and there are so many are in this room right now. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are here worshiping you today, God. Some of them came today really hurting, God. I pray that you loved on them, I know you did. Some came struggling to, to pick the Bible up and read it. I get it. But Lord, I pray that today, God, whatever commitment they're willing to make, that you will come alongside them, that you'll lift up their head, that you'll grab their arms when they get weary and you'll carry them when you have to. And God, I pray that you'll speak boldly into their lives, that your Holy Spirit will let the Truth, jump off the pages. Just leap off the pages into their heart and they'll say, yes, Lord, when they're convicted of sin. They will repent and they will follow. And Lord, I pray that you will spark a revival in Cookville that will go around the world. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.